0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to post-episode recaps on the Issues Program. I'm Phil, the Issues Guy. This is for Game of Thrones, Season 4, Episode 1, Two Swords. And and you know what? I still haven't got my answer. How many Dawnish girls does it take to make this podcast? Two! It takes two! It takes Joe and I. And here we are to, to recap... All the fun that happened in last night's episode of Game of Thrones. We were going to do this last night, but we're going to blame it on HBO Go. HBO crashed. HBO Go crashed because so many people were tuning into this episode. And it was really exciting. The hype level, I think, for this premiere was, was palatable. Everyone could taste it. Uh, hBO did a great job of the week of uh the weekend before kind of just showing nothing but Game of Thrones on all the hBO channels it got pretty insane uh, i must have watched like the whole series three or four times after Joe and i did our recap of seasons one two and three and we missed a lot
1: oh yeah there's tons we missed we missed we missed more than we talked about i'm sure
0: <laughs> absolutely but 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 we're here to talk about season four two swords so let's get let's get right into it a lot of fun great,
1: great season opener
0: Great season opener. Really set the tone for what this season's going to be about. You get a feeling like if the first couple of seasons were based around uh, talking about the Starks in kind of like the Starks story of from beginning to end. Not that we're completely out of Starks right now. Sorry, I have a cat making noise in the background.
1: Uh, uh, it's a serious run on Starks for sure.
0: There's a serious run on stocks, but this episode opens right up to Tywin Lannister and lets you know right off the bat that it's a Lannister's world and we're all living in it.
1: It's, wait, 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 wait! Did you see? Did you see in the um, in the scenes for last week or from last few seasons? They did like the few season recap that they do. They show this. They show that. They were showing Ned's head get cut off, and I'm pretty sure instead of um. Sir Putz Boy, who actually cuts Ed's head off. They were editing Ed Stark in from his first scene, where he cuts off the uh, the soldier from the black that had had run away from the wall. He cuts that dude's head off. He tells his kids, you know, hey, you need to you need to do this if you're going to execute anyone, do it yourself. They were cutting him in, executing himself in King's Landing.
0: Oh, when they were showing all the flash the other flashes of the Yeah, it was pretty neat
1: it was pretty confusing, but it was pretty neat too. And then they went right into that Tywin Lannister scene in the forge.
0: I gotta give the episode credit, and going from something, watching something like The Walking Dead to watching Game of Thrones, it's like quality level. It's like like going from eating at a Domino's pizza to to like the greatest pizzeria in the middle of New York City. It, you just get to the point with the Game of Thrones where every transition is just beautiful. We'll get to it, but there's another one later where you see a statue of Joffrey. Cro- Crushing a direwolf, and then it fades to him. Yeah, in the
1: background, he's holding yeah. his he's holding his crossbow with his yeah. hat, with his foot on a a,
0: a direwolf. Direwolf, and then it, <laughs> him, and it fades right to a right to actual Joffrey sitting there smelling his own farts, like yeah. I mean, aren't I the great shitting all over Jamie. But but let's let's get so it starts off with Tywin Lannister, and he is he's taking Ned's sword ice. And he's melting it down and and breaking it down and really in this scene with the song the song the uh, lines of Castamere Rains of playing,
1: playing again,
0: playing in the background. It's it's really right at that point. It's the end of it's the end of the Starks and it this this by melting down this sword, he's melting down the last important uh, element that was the Starks. Yeah, Rickens out no. there. Yeah, the other Starks. Arya's out there. Sansa's alive, but she's married to a Lannister, and uh, and Bran is doing Bran stuff. Worgen and so Saban.
1: As far as everybody in the world knows, Bran and Rickon are dead.
0: Exactly. So Rob's dead. So when Rob dies, he's taking he's taking final victory and melting down Ned's Ned's ridiculously sized sword and melting it and turning it into two different swords. And it's also, it's a
1: Valerian steel sword too. It's like very few Valerian steel blades out there. From old Valeria, that blade's thousands of years old, and he just fucking melted it down, gave it away.
0: He gave it away, turned it into two two separate swords. And at the end of all this, he throws some carcass into uh, into the fire. Was that the body of uh, of of uh, Rob's direwolf? Was that what he was throwing into the fire there? Like I wasn't sure, it, or if it was just. Who threw something into the fire? Who threw something into the fire? Tywin. At the end of the scene of melting down the sword, he takes a carcass of something and he. Threw yeah, it. I
1: wasn't. I wasn't sure what he was doing there. Both Katie and I were like, "What? What did he just do?" I and I didn't remember from the books anything specific, but.
0: I'm guessing just for a visual aid that was something that was added to the show that necessary it wasn't even necessarily supposed to be Rob's uh Direwolf but just at the end of it all he threw a wolf in there just just for just for measure you know just just to top it off like hey one last fuck you I'm going to burn a wolf too <laughs> <laughs> That's how. That's how evil Tywin Lannister is. He's like, yeah, I'm breaking down ice. I'm turning ice into a blade for Joffrey in the one-handed man, and then, and then I'm just gonna burn a wolf. The hell with this well, guy. it shows.
1: It shows too. He sent away. He sent to Old Valeri to get this guy. It must have taken months for this guy to show up. So he had no intention on returning ice to Ed's family whatsoever.
0: Absolutely, or or to Roose Bolton to send it up to the north to be like a symbol for an age of the north, and and that also sets up that i think time is weird right now because of the way the books were written that every story that we saw tonight wasn't necessarily happening at the happening at the same time you get a feeling that the stuff at King's Landing i think jamie says it at one point too is a couple weeks after jamie arrived there and about but then we'll, and we'll get to it but then when we get to daenerys that feels like it's been longer than a couple of weeks that feels like it's been a a long extended period of time because of how big the dragons have grown of grown but but i don't know how big dragons grow
1: those dragons those dragons are growing fast are they really, are growing real fast
0: so maybe they did grow that fast in the matter of a month maybe it's a couple weeks difference yep so uh so he he breaks it down into uh, two blades and then we get a scene with Tywin and Jamie Jamie's looking good all cleaned up nice and clean he says he he and uh, Jamie's kind of poking him like how'd you get the Valerian Valerian sword? Where'd you get it from? And this is where Joe said that he brought in a special forger for that is one of the two or three people that knows how to deal with a with, uh, Valerian blade. And Tywin and Jamie have a little conversation where Tywin basically shit talks about <laughs> like Tywin never wanted Jamie to be in the Kingsguard. That's something I will say from the books. Uh, it's it's a lot. It's explained a lot better in the books that uh, by joining the Kingsguard to protect uh, to protect uh, the Targaryens, uh, what Jamie did was essentially give up his rights to his home and him being the eldest son and the most important member of Tywin's family because he wants a a. a idiot daughter or an, a, uh, a psycho daughter that thinks she's smarter than she is and the other one's an imp. So Jamie was everything to him and Jamie decided to take the, in his eyes, because Jamie's always for his own honor and that's the most important thing to Jamie, he decided to become a king's guard to protect the king and that gave up all his rights to Casterly Rock. So Tywin thinks of this is the perfect opportunity to be like, listen, you lost your hand, you maybe could learn how to fight with your left. Jamie has a funny line where he's like, now we'll give everyone else a chance. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> now, it makes it more sporting. It makes it more sporting. He says it to Manderly, the other king's guard. I don't know if his name is Manderly. I forget the other king's guard's name, but he says it to him. When the other guy is like, "No, I'm going to be Joffrey's new head bodyguard. He's waiting to pounce on the King's Guard leadership. be captains of the King's Guard."
0: Jamie's like, "No," and he's like, "I'll have to learn with my left. I'll never be as good." And he's and the line was, "As long as I'm better than everyone else," says Jamie. And basically, he's like, "Leave the King's Guard." The, uh, Tywin says, "Leave the King's Guard." Uh, the King's not in any danger. Don't worry. Don't worry. The King's fine and Jamie goes no everyone wants to kill the king the king's a little son of a bitch and everyone wants to kill him and i need to protect him because the king's guard is all fucked up and that's another thing that's in the book different than the show you get a more of a feeling in the book how bad of shape the king's guard is i mean maybe that will come in further episodes but but Jamie basically is going in there and looks at looks at the thing that he used to hold dear dear now barristan's gone everyone's gone he has to start from scratch and form an actual unit to protect the king not to mention not to mention this is his son and he knows it's his son so he's even more protective of the little shit
1: and he only he only kind of knows he's he he's knows. got his head in the sand about the whole thing
0: he knows there is kids. Come on, yeah, he knows. Yeah, he, does. he knows. Yeah, he, does. he knows for sure. And and we get a feeling today that no matter how much he's grown, he still all he cares he he really loves Cersei, or he, or at least he still does right now. That might end soon, but for now, he really loves her. And
1: well, there's one thing about Jamie. There's one thing you can't ever take away from Jamie, and it's as much as he's been sleeping with his sister and loves Cersei. He loves his family. He will. He will do everything he can for his family. That's the yep. one. He'll throw a little boy out the window for his sister. He'd even do that for Tywin for Tyrion. And There's no doubt he would do that for Tyrion too.
0: And it just happens because this scene ends up being all about Tywin talking about the family, family history, and the family leg- legend, and legacy. And similar to the scene that we have with Tyrion last year with Tywin, where. Where they're just talking, and he's like, "Listen, you—you got you know, you're my son." And and Jamie's like, "No, I'm saying no to you." And he's like, "You're not saying no to me. It's not an order." He's like, "No, I'll tell you no. Whatever you want, you know, I'll say no. I'll do whatever I want." And, and he's like, "You're forty. I've been trying to teach you to, for forty years, and and you'll never learn." But what Tywin doesn't get is that what Joe said is right. Jamie cares about his family as much as Tywin does. Jamie just has a different way of thinking that what he has to do for his family. He's been out there, (laughs) he's what everybody really thinks about Lannisters, and he wants to change that. You get a feeling on the whole hand chopping off incident, didn't change him in the sense that he's still a wise ass, he's he's still egocentric, he still thinks he's the best, but it turned him to want to further the Lannister name in a more positive way. Make that Lannisters always pay their debts thing mean something positive rather than negative. And and that's the setup here and to Jamie, that's staying in the King's Guard and protecting his honor. He already stabbed the in, king in the back and gets called King Slayer, gets called gets called all these names around the around the realm. He he wants he wants Tywin to tournament, he wants to be a liar again and it's a
1: No, he knows he knows his honor's gone. I I I get the feeling it was more like he just wants to he knows if he does that, he's going back to Lannisport and he will never see Cersei again.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and there's
1: the only one thing he wants to do—he just got back from being a prisoner of war. He's had a lot of time to think about himself, about his family, about how much the Stark family loves each other and stuff.
0: And don't uh, and don't uh, disvalue Brienne of Tarth is in King's Landing too, and Jamie has a very special connection with her and wants to stay with her, like nearby where she is, at least right now. And well, I he, often
1: says it, he says it in a scene later on with Brienne of Tarth. Yeah, he and says also... it. He says it right to her. Are you sure you're not a Lannister? Yeah, he's attractive exactly. to He's he's everything that Cersei. He's she's just a bigger, kind of more homely Cersei. But you know, <laughs> you got the hands for it and all that. Like oh. he's like, he you can mean, be there.
0: You mean visually, okay? Because because personality wise, they're they're nothing alike. And and I
1: also. <laughs> Visually, they're nothing like either,
0: but. but... But they're closer visually than they are personality-wise. I see what you're saying with the blonde features. One's a tower. <laughs> Lady Elena with her. That was hilarious. We'll get to we'll get there. But but I also think... One last thing on Jamie. I also think as everything you said is true about what Jamie wants, but I also think he also wants to prove himself. Maybe not in battle, but prove himself. And that's something we get to a little later with him and Joffrey. He wants yep. his... In that book, he wants to. His
1: name's already in that book. He just wants it to be four pages, like, like, like Sir, Sir Whoever.
0: Like Sir Barristan, he want he wants to be known as the young Sir Barriston. and I think he wants to prove he can still fight with a lefty as a lefty and uh, the 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 gold member. <laughs> yep. So. So after this scene, we get one more line where, where uh, Tywin Lannister just keeps kind of harassing him. You're 40 years old, a one-handed man, and Jamie's like, fine, you want me to give you back the sword since I'm not going to Castle Rock to, to go fight away? Uh, Tywin also says in that scene that he doesn't think he's going to live to see Castle Rock again, that he thinks he might di- he's going to die before he goes back home one more time. And,
1: well, he knows that he's going to be Hand to the King for quite a while for Joffrey. Right, exactly. Because Joffrey's a moron.
0: Yeah, because he's a freaking idiot. And and then uh, Jamie basically, or he sa- says, do you want me to give back the sword? And he says, no, keep the sword. It... Uh you're a one-handed man. You're a one-handed, 40-year-old one-handed man. You need all the luck you're going to get. And he, one thing I also mentioned, there's a couple of funny lines with Tywin where he's talking about the sword, and he's like, no, I didn't make just one sword out of it. I made two because the sword was so ridiculously large.
1: Yeah, it was, a, it was a big bastard sword made to cut people's heads off.
0: I know. I just love how he says that. It was just absurdly large. It was also made a long, long, long,
1: long time ago. You know, like...
0: what First men type stuff. Right, so it's made.
1: It's made. You got to remember, he's from the He was a warden of the north. It's a sword made from from way back, way, way, way back when. That's a very, very old sword, almost as old as the house itself. That thing was made to kill giants. That thing was made to kill others, walkers, everything. That thing was made to kill absolutely everything that walks on the planet. It was a big sword, made to wield by a big, half wolf, half man, giant kind of guy. So. Kings, they say that Winterfell was built by giants too, right? Isn't that part of the lore?
0: That is part of the lore, and it's it's and we have seen giants, or at least we've seen giants through Jon Snow's eyes. And oh wow! So we know they exist. So after this scene, we go over to uh, Tyrion, Bronn, and Pod hanging out, uh, waiting for the Donish men to show up, and we get a little bit of backstory in this whole moment uh, about the Martells and that they don't really like the Lannisters, but we don't get deep into it quite yet. Tyrion's there because if one Lannister is going to get killed, it's going to be Tyrion. <laughs> Tyrion was in top four tonight. He, so is Broad. Tyrion... Uh, uh, he, he's just, he's so perfect. He is, Peter Dinklage is just so perfect for this part, more than almost anybody on the show. He is, and I'm not talking just because he's little, I just mean the personality of Tyrion. Uh, Peter Dinklage is just like bathing in it, like it's a big warm pool, and he's just he, having so much fun. It's ridiculous.
1: He has that snide kind of snarky. Uh, Kind, you know, uh, yeah, a wit about him. It's I mean, yeah, he's, he's got Tyrion's wit already, so it flows naturally out of him to say the lines that he needs to say. Exactly.
0: It, you see him in some of his other work. casting. You know, you know, the people casting this show saw him on Nip Tuck or saw him in some of his other work that he did, and were just, just like, "This guy's Tyrion. We don't yeah. even have. We don't even have to uh, audition other people. We don't even have to think about doing something in CG here. Uh, this is this is Tyrion."
1: So yeah, he was he was fantastic in um. And Niptuck. tuck. He really was like he, he. played the well. He was the nurse, right? The uh, little midget nurse
0: that had an uh,
1: nursemaid or whatever he was. Um,
0: yeah, that had an affair with the main characters. The, the right? nanny. <laughs> <laughs> so Ty- uh, Tyrion, Bronn, and Potter are hanging out, waiting for the Donishman. men. Uh, pa and and we get a couple funny lines by Braun. Bronn Bronn's there tonight as comic relief for a couple one-liners. He. They're they're kind of forgotten with the whole thing, like how many how many Donish men does it take to fuck a chicken? I mean, some of those things get get pushed off in the end because of where we go at the end with some of the shit the Hound was saying later. <laughs> that was oh just, yeah, it was just amazing. Best Hound episode yet. Is it this was this episode? Uh, so uh, the the Donish people start to approach, and uh, Pod knows his Donish houses. He knows his flags. This kid's smart. He knows he's how not,
1: to. He no, he, he's not he's he's um, Pod he's. Lord Payne's kid. He's not. Uh, he's from a noble house.
0: Okay, so he's not a. He's not from like uh, Fuzzy Bottom or whatever that place is called. No,
1: he's he's educated, and you need. And he, that's you became a squire, so you would become a knight eventually. You know, lords sent their kids off to be to be squires to basically so do that be, to learn.
0: Odds being set up as the coolest guy in the realm because he he can pleasure hookers without them having to pay without having to pay him, and now he knows his flags. He could be on Game of Thrones Jeopardy. this, this yep. kid he's got talent. But we get, like I said, we get a little bit of
1: a nice, a nice little match for Arya in the future, hopefully. Fan fiction,
0: possibly. I did see him give her kind of uh, eyes a little bit when he greeted her. Hi, my lady. When he greeted
1: them later.
0: <laughs> so maybe we might get a little action if if uh or no, no, with Sansa, not Arya. So so maybe uh, maybe she could be a future Sansa because I don't believe Tyrion and Sansa are going to stay together. I can't, I can't, I can't buy that. Sansa's got to get some action eventually on the show. So, and she's not doing the dink. That's not happening. So so Tyrion welcomes all of the Dawnish people. And uh, if, a quick, quick, quick backstory of the Dawnish uh, people and how it's different. It's the southernmost point of Westeros. It is part of the Seven Kingdoms. Uh, one thing that's different there is... Is you got princes instead of lords, and women and men are equally as important in the Dawnish society. And uh, I don't want to get too far into like the Dawnish stuff, but basically it's part of the Seven Kingdoms, which just has a slightly different substructure in the sense that completely equal rights and a little bit different uh, different hierarchy, but they do so
1: their tree when when the Targaryens originally invaded Westeros and they were the last kingdom to fall and they didn't fall they they kind of negotiated their way out of it because the king knew that this was a desert people this war was a war with them was going to last forever yeah, so, just,
0: just let them have it it's the southernmost tip let's just let's just get set up a trade embargo with that, a trade a trade good trade negotiations as long them. as they
1: pay tribute to me every year give me give me taxes and and soldiers for my kingdom then they can call themselves princes, but they can never become a king.
0: Kind of like Texas. You know, they, or they
1: or they even call themselves, they don't call themselves king, but they call themselves, like, you know, another word for king when they become lord, too. No,
0: no, pretty- I hear I, I was joking when I said kind of like Texas, but what I mean is that Texas has such a substructure of their own society within that state more than almost any other state in the United States. Like, it could be its own country, and... And, you know, it's just part of the gang, though. It's part of the gang. But we let Texas get away with everything that they want to get done in Texas themselves. I love Texas. I had a great time in Austin, in in Houston. Great cities. I'm not shit-talking Texas. I'm just saying it's kind of like its own thing down there. It's Texas. Yeah, it's Texas. It's Texas. It's not the United States. It's fucking Texas. So uh, Tywin welcomes them, and they don't care. The the, uh, older prince is not there because he's unhealthy, but his younger brother who's uh called the Red Viper. Uh, I Obi- could pronounce it. Uh, could you? What's his uh, name again? Oberon. Oberon.
1: Almost like Obi-Wan, but with an R in there.
0: Okay. I might refer to him as the Red Viper just so I don't screw up the name. Yeah, he, just call you know, him the Red Viper. That's his name. He too. never gets called the Red Viper in the episode. But but anyone who... So that's a kind of a book spoiler in a sense, but I have a, they're going to call him the Red Viper soon. Someone's going to say it. It's going to be on the show.
1: They're, they're well, not, he's, got, he's got a... He, his character arc... Well, yeah, it, yeah it's yeah. coming soon. You're yeah, no, going to see a lot from him soon.
0: No, no, no. Again, we will not do any book spoilers here, uh, regardless of how much we want to. <laughs> Both of us are edgy in certain. <laughs> come on, come on. So, uh, so he he needs to. Tyrion needs to go find the Red Viper to make sure he doesn't kill anybody. And uh, Bronn has a funny line of, like, how are you going to find one Donnish guy in a whole, in, in the huge city of King's Landing? And Tyrion's like, this guy's famous for fucking everything that walks. Check the whorehouses, of course. So uh, Bronn's in top form in this episode too. They're both; Those two have great chemistry. Uh, Tyrion and Bronn are two of the people. I could watch a spin-off series that was just stories of Tyrion and Bronn mixed up with stories, uh, stories of Arya and the Hound. Like, like I could just watch Buddy Cop, a Buddy Cop movie of both of those get, both of those teams. Oh,
1: oh yeah, there. I mean, it's the, it's the non-political stuff. Like him, Arya, those characters aren't involved in the whole game, so yeah, to speak. It's more emotional. You're right. And
0: and I do love the game, but I gotta admit that in the sense of the game. Uh, my only thing that I've been missing a little bit in seasons uh, the end, towards the end of Season 3 and Season 4 is I'm a big Littlefinger guy on the show. I, I mean, I don't like him. <laughs> I don't think he's a good person, but I love the character. And from where the Arya and Hound story goes to where they're heading, uh, heading to the Vale, I, it's going to bring Littlefinger back into the story, so I'm excited to see Littlefinger back and what he's been up to. I, I've been missing my Littlefinger versus Varys uh, stuff. Which is my yeah. some of my favorite stuff from King's Landing when it's there, and I've been missing that to a, to a minor extent. Jamie being back there really helped out because it brings a different vibe. Even though I do feel we'll get to the Jamie and Cersei scene in a minute, but we didn't get a scene of uh, Tyrion and Jamie, and I was upset about that. That was the well, one.
1: Um, I- that's because that's going to be a uh, that's a little bit more of an emotional scene. But like like you were just saying with um. Oh, uh, what did you just say?
0: Uh, think about it for a second. I'm just going to get to the Red Viper stuff quick. So we get to meet the Red Viper and uh, the Prince and his girl, and uh, and they're both and they're both hanging out and in a horror house. And I'm gonna. This is our sexy scene. This is our Game of Thrones drinking game. Time to drink. We get to see boobs and get to see dick and everything like that. I don't know if we get to see dick, but but basically it sets up that Oberon and his paramour. Not his wife, his paramour, are bisexual, yeah. and they fuck.
1: Uh, oh, and, and can I can I say that's a third? That's our third Rome cast member, the paramour.
0: Absolutely, the th- another Rome cast member that's coming. Uh, also, isn't New Dario a Rome cast member?
1: I uh, New Dario, I don't remember. I I didn't recognize him, but he he might have been.
0: It might be. It might be another one too. I thought I read that uh, that he was a Rome cast man. And Rome, another show on HBO that if you haven't checked out, I suggest you check out. So we meet the Red Viper, the bastard girl, his his whatever, and they're about to have sex with a guy and a girl. A funny line with one of the guys that works for Littlefinger, and uh, they're about to have sex with all the girls. And uh, the Red Viper's like, "No, you're coming too." And the guy's like, "Wait, I'm not a I'm not a hooker." And he goes, "You're anyone that works for Littlefinger's a whore. Get in here." <laughs> I love that line. Yeah.
1: and and the kid's like, yeah, sure, I'll, all right, fine, but you know, you, I'm really expensive. Yep, and he's like, you can I don't do whatever care. you want, but you're gonna, it's gonna cost you.
0: Yeah, and he, he's like, I don't care, uh, whatever. I'm into, I'm into having it my way. Come over here, slut. And he bends him over and is put him, about to put him in doggy. And then we hear in the background two guys singing the Reigns of Casimir. And the the red viper doesn't seem to like this one one bit, Joe. He doesn't like this one bit. So he leaves the room, goes into the room, and basically just starts shit-talking these guys. Uh, like, like just almost like if you're punking a guy at a party. Like, like, hey, you fucking pieces of shit. What's up over there? Could you shut the fuck up? I'm trying to... You know, I forget exactly what he's saying. Uh, he hears... Uh, uh, you... You look like a shaved goat's balls or something. Do you know why the world hates the Lannisters? Because golds and lions and yada, 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 stupid motherfucker. And then he pulls a Salazzo from the Godfather, and in, and just when the guy's, like, trying to pick up his sword, to the big broadsword, he just stabs him in the hand and start, on, on an artery and starts, like, poking the artery. It's right,
1: like, right through the wrist, yeah. Right through the oh. wrist. And he's, like... Very painful.
0: He's like, listen, if you want your friend to survive here, you uh, you should get him to a doctor or you can pull out your big, large, stupid sword and fuck with me. What Your choice, buddy. And just puts him in a really awful situation. And right at the right time, Tyrion shows up. And, and goes, wait a second, we got a funny line where he goes to Bronn, uh, I heard you're Tyrion's hired killer. And, and uh, Bronn's like, no, I'm a knight now. And he's like, how did you become a knight? And he goes, I killed the right people. Just uh, really yep,
1: killed Bron. the right people, I guess.
0: So Tyrion goes, can I talk to you outside? So Tyrion and, and uh, the Red Viper go outside, and right away you can see that this guy has no respect for Tyrion, and not in the, and not in the you're a little imp way, in the you're a piece of shit Lannister way. And I think. Well, he
1: well and, that's, and that's, that's an interesting thing to put out because the, the, uh, it's not that he's an imp. That isn't why. He knows that he's kind of just like him. He knows who Tyrion is. Yeah. He knows exactly what Tyrion's done, exactly what kind of person Tyrion is. I, and there's a bit of respect there for Tyrion as a person. It's that he's a Lannister. He can't get the taste of it out of his mouth. I hear you, he, but, he, I,
0: but he, I think he, as. You're absolutely right, and I think as we get into the revenge aspect, and basically he tells a story about how his sister was uh, was the the, the was, Rhaegar,
1: was was Rhaegar's the, Rhaegar wife,
0: Rhaegar Targaryen, the son of the Mad King's uh, uh, wife. Uh, he get, he took another wife, but he still took care of his old wife, and she was living in King's Landing. And then when all the shit went down, when Jamie stabbed the Mad King in the back, and Robert conquered Rhaegar's army, Rhaegar's army. Rygar, I'm thinking about Nintendo games, and and uh, and at that point, uh, Tywin Lannister did kind of turned on the, uh, They let him in the gate because he said he was there to defend the king, and he ended up turning on King's Landing and attacking everybody, and and he killed uh, a bunch of kids in town, and he also killed and let the mountain apparently rape. Uh, well, he
1: had to, they had to kill the whole family, the whole the whole royal family. Anyone's every in the family, so they yeah, the all only, have to die.
0: The only Lannisters we know that are alive are the Lannister up there in Castle Black. The uh,
1: Targaryens.
0: The, Targaryens, yeah. I'm sorry, Targaryens. The Targaryen that's uh, on the council of the 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 uh, the, the black the Black Wall, John, uh That guy, the ball, the blind guy, the
1: Meister Aemon.
0: Yeah, him and Danny and uh, Danny's brother, Tenaris. Uh, what was his name? Dead. Viserys? Yeah, Viserys. Thank you. Uh, And dead. So those are the only Targaryens we know that are alive. So everybody had to die. Anybody that got fucked by a Targaryen had to die, too. And basically, uh, this guy's sister got raped and then chopped in half by the mountain. And this guy blames Tywin Lannister, saying that the Mountain wouldn't have done that without Tywin Lannister's okay, which is absolutely right. He wouldn't have. So this guy basically wants to destroy anything Lannister. I don't think he has the same kind of grudge against Tyrion, but I think Jamie, Cersei, and Tywin are all fair game. I don't think he wants to kill uh, Ty- uh, Tyrion. I think you were more, you were right when you said he's he like if it wasn't for him being a, a Lannister, he would uh, he might like Tyrion. You know, he's like. Ugh. I like you. Come on, join the
1: whorehouse. He's he's also got... Yeah, he, will, he was going to order up some more girls for them. Right.
0: right. And Tyrion's like, oh, I used to partake, but now I'm married, so I can't partake in the hookers.
1: Like, right, so it's it's more so... It's not that it's Tyrion... It's not that he's an imp or Tyrion that he doesn't like. It, it's that he's a Lannister. Tyrion, I think he was okay with until he had to bring up that memory right. of the the, the 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 sister that he loved the most in the world... You know, marries this prince is supposed to be protected. He cheats on her with Ned Stark's sister. Mm-hmm. He says that he says with Lyanna, Le- Leanna, whatever the hell her name was, Lyanna Stark. Yep. You know, takes her, which is what caused the rebellion in the first place. And as a result, Rhaegar's kids get their heads dashed against a stone wall by the yeah. mountain
0: by the, the biggest mountain. men south of the wall. Yeah, they recast the mountain too with like a professional... as like a professional a third record. time. Yeah, they've recast him again, I believe. Oh, my God. So after How many this... times? After this awesome scene... Eventually, they're going to have to recast everybody if the show lasts long enough. They're going to have to recast, like, Bran. They're going to have to recast Arya. They're going to get too old. They're going to get too old to where the books are. I mean, if, if the... We'll talk about this a little bit later. But See, the, that,
1: the thing about the thing about how big these continents are, it shouldn't. They should. It should be matching up. It takes like four months to walk between King. Five months to walk between King's Landing and Winterfell. Like the time period should match up to how these kids are growing.
0: I hear you, and it's not going to. It's we're dealing with Harry Potter world. At least Harry Potter could kind of go every year in school, so the kids were growing up, and that's what's going to be dangerous in this because if you think. At, at the soonest, book six. If we're at six, right? Book six is going to come out this year, and then you got to think another couple years. For se- like it's weird with the show matching up to the books and what will come out first. If the show might end before the books end, I mean, well,
1: I've I've read about his where his writings at, and he says most of he, book six and book seven, are, mostly done. Or at least mostly done in his mind. At least book six is mostly done, if not done. It's just putting it together, editing out the last crap, making sure the final touches are done. And, like, essentially, and, that's the feeling I get from where he's at right now with book six. With the crap I've read.
0: And just in case he dies, he also told the HBO show showrunners how to end the series. So they there's somebody going to kill him. What? Was that? yeah. Does that mean somebody's gonna
1: go and kill him so they can have creative
0: control? (laughs) One of the HBO guys. I wouldn't doubt it. That that's a that's a good gamble. (laughs) So after this, we go to Daenerys and her dragons, and Jorah's watching her from a distance as as two of the dragons fight and start to get a little rough over some food. And they're becoming more rage-filled, and one of the big ones kind of steps in and and regulates the two lesser dragons. And then uh, when Danny tries to step in to uh, to to do a little dragon training, uh, the big one's A little mothering. Yeah. The big one snaps. And he bites. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I I'm stealing this from another podcast. This line right here, but it's funny enough. I kind of wanted to see her take out a newspaper and pop him on the nose and go,
1: <laughs> "You're a bad." Oh. Dragon. Negative training is does not work. He could take the wrong lessons from that and snap at her more next time. You want positive reinforcement. When he does what you want, throw him a lamb.
0: But as Stand we learned, body. As we <laughs> learned from or that uh, from Jorah, uh, that uh, dragons can't be tamed, Khaleesi, even by their mother. So obviously, hasn't
1: seen taming your dragon, training your dragon, or whatever the hell yeah. that means. How to train a
0: dragon. So then we get to Shay and Sansa, and Sansa doesn't like her lemon cakes. She doesn't like lemon cakes. Sansa won't eat since finding out about Rob and her mom. She is, she is really sad, because now she thinks, in Sansa's mind, she is the only one left. She doesn't know is alive. She doesn't know Brandon, and Rickon are alive. Like, like, she thinks she, and she doesn't know, and she probably doesn't even think about Jon Snow.
1: So, oh, no, she's thinking about Jon Snow. Okay. Absolutely. Maybe she is. Maybe she. She's is. A, he, he is her but brother gotta, and he's uh, the last person alive.
0: You've got to figure one thing though that Sansa more than anything is her mother's daughter more than Ned's kid in some way like some of the other ones look more up to Ned. Sansa did look up to uh, her mother more and the mother hated Jon Snow or had a major grudge against Jon Snow so who knows if one of the kids carried this through. I'm suppositioning a lot there but who knows if We never saw Sansa with Jon Snow. We saw all the other kids interact with him. But we never saw her with him. So, I I don't know, maybe she took the mother's side in that and was a little cold to him. But I'm making that up. I have no evidence to back that up. No evidence. Just supposition. So, we go to... Because Sansa's a douchebag, and she seems like the type of girl that would do that, especially young Sansa. I'm a queen. I want to go to the castle. It's all I ever really wanted. Like that Sansa. (laughs) (laughs) I want to
1: marry Prince Joffrey.
0: Why do we have to have this bastard hanging around our Winterfell? Is he a servant? You know, him and Theon, they're just annoying. I could just see her being that type of girl. I, I mean, again, I'm making that up. But i come on, where's this smoke, there's fire there. Come on. <laughs> she could be a little bit of a douchebag. So,
1: so, what, so what you were saying about you like Varys in Baelish, yes. I'm actually kind of glad Baelish gets a little bit of a break from the series for a few episodes and stuff. Leaves King's Landing for a little while because that could get a little cliche. No, their I, back and forth quips I, that could easily get like the, the the eunuch and the pimp like just going at it with their with their little wordplay. Who's smarter? Who's more devious? Who's more shady? All that stuff could have gotten really cliche really quick.
0: Okay, then I think I need more Varys in King's Landing dealing with Joffrey, because I find him hilarious in those scenes and his like eye reactions, his eye rolls when yeah. Joffrey does things. Oh,
1: he's such a, such a queen, such a beautiful queen. He, he yeah, played, I, think, I, think,
0: I just think maybe we need more of Varys because he's there, so I, I just want to see him a little bit more, but maybe you're right in the sense that less is more with those characters, and the less we get from them, the more amazing it makes their scenes when they do show up. Right, so, right. So you're right. So we go to Sansa and Shay, and Shay's trying to get her to eat, and she won't. She just wants alone time. Uh, and Tyrion comes in and go asks for a moment to talk to Sansa, and Shay gives him major bitch face. <laughs> and uh, and he just she doesn't. She needs to eat. No servant in the world's gonna get away with this stuff. I don't care if she is fucking Tyrion. She she is she's starting to cross the line. She. She and uh, you and me have talked about this a little bit before. How Shay is a little different in the books, or I thought she was a little different in the books than the show. They're making her more like book Shay now. They're they're set. They're, they they did a good job in this episode uh, of she seems to me a little bit more like the person I knew in the book. So, so he tries. Uh, Tyrion tries to comfort Sanser, Talks about how he respected his bro- her brother, but didn't know him. How, uh, how the mother tried to kill him once, but he still had uh, major respect for uh, for for the mother. And and just trying to say, say bless you, say all these things to kind of make uh, Sansa feel better and comfort her and let her know that she's not alone and yada yada yada. And she basically just cuts him off and stands up and says, uh, "I need to go to the church. In in uh, I need to go to this, to whatever they call the church. I need to go to the church." And Tyrion's like, "Oh yeah,
1: the God'swood." Go gods she the wasn't gods. going to the church. She wasn't going to the Temple of the Seven. She was going to the God'swood, Okay, where the God. her dad
0: prayed the gods were oh yeah to the uh, the the gods of old the pray to a yep. tree the to, to a tree and and she, i remember when jon snow had to go to the tree to take the oath and yep. and then she uh she he goes oh i've heard that praying helps and she goes i don't want to go to pray it's just the on, only place no one will talk to me it's just and you see a look on taryon's face like i am in a known situation i'm trying to make the best of this she's yep. She's 15 now. Maybe that's old enough for me to get in that. You know, like, like just thinking maybe... Uh, like, like he's told... It seems to me in this episode he's a little less interested in what's going on with Shay. Like, he's, like he refuses her. Like, we'll get to this in a second because it's all part of the same scene. Because he, he tries to confront her. He comes into the room and Shay's there naked and she's horny. And she's being insane because she saw him, like, put his arm around Sansa when she was crying. Which doesn't make sense because she knows how upset Sansa is. And she knows that that uh, Tyrion's a good guy, so why wouldn't he comfort her? She's just being irrational and stupid. And she's still pissed off because of Varys trying to pay her off in the last episode of uh, Season 3 and thinking it was Tyrion that tried to pay her off. Tyrion doesn't want any peace today. He's like, get out of here. And I think he's kind of skeeved at this point. I mean, I think he still cares about her, but she's turning into kind of psycho girlfriend.
1: I forgot about that. I forgot that when she was saying, oh, you you want me to leave, you want to give me gifts, so I'll leave. I completely, I was like, what the hell is she talking about? I completely forgot about that. Thanks for the reminder.
0: Oh, no problem. So yeah, she's, she's thinking about that, and she's just like, listen, listen, you know, yeah, things are hard. And she's not being understanding at all. He's like, listen, the king, the, the, the king's hand wants me to have sex with a virgin. He hates me. Uh... My sister wants to kill me. The king wants to kill me, and he lists like three or four other things. And everyone calls me the imp. You know, he's like talking about, and you and she's like, "Mammy, yeah, poor you." I'm, I'm like, shut up. Do you realize what's going on in this guy's life? If you do really love him, or do you just love, love the, uh, love the, the cock or something? I mean, when she's just like, she's being, because I don't think she cares about gold or money. I just think she's an attention whore, and she's like, eh.
1: she's, she's living the best. She's ever lived. She's not living in a camp, getting tooled by all these dudes. She's not in a whorehouse. She's not traveling with pirates or sailors, getting railed all the, the whole time. She's she's in King's Landing. She's part of the court. She doesn't really have to do anything. She's she senses she senses made. She's got it made, you know. Yeah, she is so not that much of a demanding crew. Cruel person. That... Yeah,
0: they become friend. They become friends because she's probably reminds her a little bit of Arya. She has a little bit of that like snappy Aria wit. So, she, so she, it, it's a good balance for Sansa to have someone there like that. So after this scene of just basically more shit piled up on the Dink, <laughs> it, we go off to uh, Jamie and he's getting a gold hand, which again is is. And We talked about this a little bit, and I'm going to be very vague about this. Jamie's definitely there a lot sooner than he is in the book, and a lot of the stuff that happens later on with Jamie's happening now. And I like that. I, I like it because I think it's going to set up a lot of interesting stuff down the road in the next couple of episodes to see how Jamie interacts with people in his family as things unfold. So it should, be, it should be interesting to see. So we see Jamie off with getting his gold hand and getting it... Uh, and it's taken days or weeks to get it right and Cersei's is being a straight up douche around Jamie. It's a it's a funny scene of him kind of waving and doing uh, sight gags. He's he's a, he's having fun in the character too. And he's he's, ha- he's so happy to be back. You can just see Jamie's so excited to be back. He's in love with her and he's trying to trying to get with her and trying to be romantic with her and she's just so bitter and angry with him for being captured and that he wasn't there during all the shit she had to be through. Is she Again, she's another one. It's like all the women in this show right now are being complete douchebags for no reason. She's just being a... Di- like, does she realize he got his hand cut off and he was, like, dragging... She him?
1: doesn't care. She's a sociopath, Path, of, path of, or Borderline. She's a typical type type 2, uh, access to Borderline personality, something that's going on. She doesn't care. All she knows is by getting captured, he abandoned her. And that's yeah. it. There's no, there's no other other way about it. And this is the this is the moment. This is going to be the galvanizing moment in in uh, Jamie's head. Exactly who his sister is. He gets back. He tries to get some comfort from her. It's been weeks. He's been back for weeks, and he hasn't tried. And the moment he tries, she completely rebuffs him.
0: Yep. She, she and uh, she goes, "It's too late." And he's like, "For what?" And she's just like, "It's too late." I had someone write me if I thought that when she was like, "It's too late," meant she was done with incest. <laughs> No, no, that's not it. Cersei's all about the incest. She was having sex with the other one when Jamie was gone. Uh Tyrell Tyr- uh, Lannister not no, what was Lannis- Lanny Lannister, the one that was uh Robert Baratheon's uh wine boy. She was yep. having that that Lannister. No, J. Uh, Cersei has no problem with incest. That's not why he was refusing. Refusing uh, Jaime here. She was refusing because of a power play. She was. Uh, she was trying to control here. She's so pissed off again that he was gone while she was dealing with all this. All all that happened. Uh, her father. Uh, he's like my father. Father's disowned me. She's like, father can't disown you. Don't worry about that. I'm I'm marrying a pillow biter. <laughs> how dare
1: How dare you? The, I most am... ren- the most renowned pillow biter in all the land. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we have. Uh, so pillow biter is a is a term in Westeros. So is sword swallower. So uh, so we know so we know this. Uh, so two two comments. He's the renowned pillow biter sword swallower. Uh, so she's marrying him, which which if you think about it, is it? She the only thing she hasn't really. I don't think she's so upset about marrying him as much as she's upset about Marjorie becoming queen. I think that pisses her off more.
1: No, I, she's she's pretty. She's just as upset about having to marry. Uh, she she had a marriage. She was queen. She wants to be alone. She wants to. She she had it in her mind. Maybe she could just be with with Jamie or just be alone. She doesn't yeah. want to have to marry, be a slave to another man after every, putting up with Robert Baratheon
0: for that long. Ah, every queen. year. Every year, more more uh, potential mates are being born in her family every day. <laughs> every day, <laughs> another Lannister is born that's a potential mate for Cersei one day. So she's got plenty of options out there. Yep. So- so I forgot to mention at the end of the uh, the Tyrion and Shae scene we see some random skank spy uh, listening to the whole conversation and at the end of the Cersei and Jamie scene this skank spy runs in and whispers to uh, Cersei probably everything that just happened. We don't know. And uh, and uh, we'll get back to Jamie in a second but one last thing on... Oh no, I'll, I'll say what I gotta say after the last Jamie scene because it's associated with that too. So quickly we go off to see Egret and Tormund, I believe his name is and... Uh, and how everything dealt with after uh, her shooting uh, Jon Snow with the arrows and the Jon Snow leaving the wildlings fallout. And basically what comes out of this is everything that we thought before, we've learned for tr- truth for now, that Egret didn't want to kill Jon Snow. She obviously could have if she wanted to. She just wanted to injure him a couple times, She'd shoot him with a couple of arrows, and make it look like, excuse me, she was trying to kill him but she wasn't really trying to kill him. And then right here, we also get to meet these uh, these different kind of wildlings. They are fen. called... What was that? Fens.
1: T-h- fens. Yeah, fen. Fens. Fenn. Like Fenn.
0: Yeah, Fens. And we meet their uh, their leader. I think his name is Steer. Is that his name? Steer? Something like that? Uh, Steer, no- I don't think it's it's not going to be that important or something whatever. They and these guys just seem like seem like uh seem like they they've been watching the walking dead a little bit and they they're they're, in, they're into the idea of eating people and they eat people. That's what these guys that's these guys thing. They eat everybody. <laughs> they especially like to eat southerners. They like to eat crow and we get the little uh it's marbled Yes, they taste delicious. Everything with the south tastes like delicious. And we get to see a crow's arm uh, and we and all i'm saying is these guys better never get to castle black cuz if they see sam uh, sam's in trouble they're they're going to they're going to want to eat sam they're they're going to want to put an apple in sam's mouth get him on a spit they're going to they, the
1: first one on the spit
0: they, they should hold they should put sam on like a giant mouse trap for these guys and have them all come make a sam trap I think all these guys like a like a trap that Gargamel would get for the Smurfs or something <laughs> to capture all these guys. <laughs> okay, so uh, we uh, we get off to Jon Snow here, and Jon Snow's back to health. Him dealing, talking to Sam, and dealing with Rob's death, and uh, dealing with how Rob is always better than him in everything. Well, except for living. <laughs> Rob's not better at you than living. And I gotta say, as much as uh, Jon Snow is Ned's son and we, or, or is a Stark. Uh, we we definitely or definitely influenced by Ned. We we know that. I think John, at least the way the character's written, is a little smarter than than uh than than uh, Rob Stark was was a, had a little bit less of like Rob Stark had that Ned Stark disease like of just being a little bit too. Pig-headed with the brain, but I guess Jon Snow is the same way in some ways. I, I, I'm, I'm because he, because he says a whole bunch of shit here. He goes, he goes to uh, the court where he's getting sort of a court-martial, and he tells them pretty much everything he did in season three. Killed one of the Night Watch guys. hang out with the Wildlings. Did this. Did that. He gets that. it
1: all out there so there can never be any question as to what he did and didn't do. He just, he just confesses to it all now. Let it all come down. He probably won't live path through this week anyway. He's got three arrow holes in him. He's got an attack of 100,000 men coming at the wall from the north. All the people he just... All the, the army he just left to the south that shot him full of arrows. How, how much longer is he going to live? Do you want to kill me now, or do you want to let them kill me in a week? Take your pick. He doesn't care. He's going to go do his job.
0: Do you think he should have said the thing about the girl, though? Like, he could have kept that a secret. That was a little Ned Starkey. No, little...
1: There's no need to keep that secret. And, and like I said, if he does and it comes back, it's more fuel for the fire. If he admits to everything now, uh, everything I did, Corin Halfhand told me to do. He told me to make them think I'm one of them. He told me to kill him. He told me to do whatever it takes to get the information and get back here and get it to you. Whatever I had to do, and that's what I did. It included taking this wild thing as a wife in my bed, Whatever.
0: Yeah and we we got a good line from the uh from the Targaryen guy there that says if uh if I love every,
1: him so much he's so yeah, good.
0: He's awesome. He's playing that part so well too. If yeah. uh, if every night watchman got uh executed for for having sex with a woman, we'd have zero night watchmen. And then Yeah, we got, we'd, have,
1: we'd have a bunch of if they all got beheaded, we'd have a bunch of headless bodies.
0: Yeah, hang hanging <laughs> Line and he, but I do agree in a sense that he's very—he's a little extra protective of Jon Snow. There's, he definitely cares a little bit about Jon Snow. Maybe he sees something in him. Uh, maybe there's something else there, but he definitely—he definitely. He definitely well, well, I
1: think I think we got a little hint tonight. It's, I mean, um, when when Prince Oberon is talking to Tyrion, we get—we might get a little hint a little bit more to maybe a back character
0: maybe maybe perhaps. i mean perhaps wait let's let's, let's talk stop. about that a little because that's
1: stop. a, a pretty stop. big let's especially
0: stop. let's stop right there because i cuz i'll talk to you more about it afterwards cuz cuz i am afraid we're going to tread on some stuff that i don't want to say I'm afraid we're going to tread in some stuff I don't want to say. We're but it's, to... it's
1: it's no, stuff gonna... that the books never talk
0: about. I know it's stuff that never the books never talk about, but it's a big, big debate right now between book people, and I don't want to have that discussion right now, okay? But it, awesome. it, it, you just, you well, we're just moving you on. opened oh. the door. Okay, I did open the door. I did open the door. I made one. I did make one comment I shouldn't have made, but whatever. And with, and with that hint earlier... Okay, the there there's definitely there's definitely a, a some sort of connection to that off to off to our connection is the fact that Ned Stark in season 1 mentioned the name of the the mother of Jon Snow to Robert when they were talking there was a there was a little bit and Ned Stark seemed like he might have been bullshitting a little bit there but whatever well, well, a, Ned, Ned was
1: bullshitting there he was. Ned was he he was but there was a uh, there's an, another moment well the moment here he says you know well, yeah, we won't talk about it. Just know, for the fans, they know that, that we want to talk about this big secret right now. We might do it. 30 podcasts from now, we talk about it. Remember, we'll, we'll bring up this moment.
0: At the end of season four, we may do something like a spoiler podcast, like a book spoiler podcast, where we talk about all this stuff because we got a lot to say, obviously. Uh, so off to Marjorie, Marjorie and Lady Elena. <laughs> now, awesome, awesome Nana, uh, and she sends out all the girls to find her the perfect necklace, and the one that gets the most perfect one gets to keep the second most perfect one, and then we. <laughs>
1: One of the best yeah, she throws a you know a $10,000 gold necklace off the balcony yeah
0: yeah she's hilarious she's she could star in a grumpy grumpy grandma movie and we get a uh, lady Elena meeting brienne of tarth which is an amazing scene <laughs> she, uh, the lady uh, brienne of tarth walks in there huge in this like giant white uniform or whatever it is <laughs> and lady alena Goes, oh my! <laughs> just in the, are like are you
1: oh singular?
0: Oh <laughs> my! I just saw saw Sulu sitting next to her, going George Takei, going, oh my! <laughs> you was
1: absolutely everything I dreamed you'd be.
0: <laughs> just was hilarious. Oh, I've heard of you. Oh, I've heard of you. Just yeah, you
1: knocked my you knocked my my grandson in the dirt at you know because that's uh the one that's marrying the Pillow Biter. Yeah, we when said, he knocked. She knocked the pillow biter at Renly's.
0: Uh, back in season one, yeah, when when uh, Remley's, Renly's uh, announcing he was king day when they when Brienne comes out and shows <laughs> she's a woman and uh kicked kicked uh kicked pillow biter's ass there. Season so, two, I think. Yes. What is that character's name? I we we keep uh Tyrell. What's his? Uh, it begins with is a T. Mace team. Tyrell. Mm, whatever. We'll we'll come back. I'll I'll look for it in a second. I want to say Mace. So Brienne talks about Renly's death. Takes a uh, takes uh. Before we get there, really funny line by Marjorie when she talks about how maybe she should have uh, Joffrey design uh, her necklace. And it would be, uh, what'd she say, dead, uh, dead, <laughs> dead baby sparrow heads around my neck. That's what she said. Uh, there would just be dead baby sparrow, sparrow heads around
1: my neck. Brilliant. The woman's brilliant. There's a lot of good lines in this. Even yeah. Targaryen's line when he's on his way out. How, how did you get to know... Who's uh ha- ha- how to tell if someone's lying? Where did you get that magic power? Uh, I, <laughs> I grew up in Kingsland.
0: <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Kingsland. That that was hilarious. I, I agree. So many so many amazing one-liners tonight. And Lady Elaine is one of the best in the shows at doing it. Oh yeah. And but basically, we get a conversation with uh with Marjorie and uh, and uh, Brianna Tarth. About what happened with uh, Rem- Renly's death, and that it w- wasn't him, it was it wasn't her, it was Stannis that did it, in a in uh, with a smoke monster from the Dark Woman, and yada yada yada, and uh, basically Marjorie says, you know what, I don't care, <laughs> you know, can we can we can we stop this now? Well, she's also saying, you know, be careful,
1: you know, don't. He's not our king anymore. Joffrey's the king. you you got to remember where you are. And and that kind of she points uh, out for.
0: Joe, the character's name, I was uh, uh, multitasking there for a second. The character's name is Loras. Loras, Tyrell. Okay. Loris Tyrell. And, uh, yes, yeah, so, so, but Loras is the real reaction we care about, because Loras loved Renly and had, like, a very special relationship with him. So he's the one that Brienne needs to watch out about. That being said, Brienne already spanked his ass once so she can beat him again she's a better fighter than he is and he's one of the best in the in the realm so she's definitely she's definitely up there as one of the best fighters that's alive right now so we so here's where we get our uh, crossfade from the statue of uh Joffrey crushing a wolf <laughs> uh, to cut to Joffrey loving his own farts and uh just like being like yeah yeah whatever whatever J- whatever uncle Jamie. whatever try to Yeah the
1: the the look it up, the
0: yeah look yeah looking at himself he
1: was looking at the armor on the wall and cuz he was now this he's in the the captain of the king's guards office essentially and this armor up on the wall and that and you know joffrey's such a, a tool he gets off he gets hard on all that like on all that warriorship that he'll never actually be
0: and he gets hard on messing with people's minds and trying to fuck with people, and he just starts fucking with with uh with Jamie in this scene. He says Jaime's whole family is messing with him. Like like, give me a break. No one in his family can be supportive. That's why I missed the Tyrion scene, just to get some sort of emotional welcome back from Tyrion to see. Uh, to, so Jamie wouldn't have to deal with all this crap from the rest of his family. His son here is sitting there and dissing him. Is dissing, talking shit about him being captured and how he won the war with uh with with uh, while Jamie was away being locked away and uh, has a grudge for doing shows a grudge against him for doing nothing. I don't think I don't think Joffrey holds a grudge against Jamie like Cersei does. I think Joffrey just looks for an opportunity to fuck with people and especially someone like Jamie that probably as a kid was always told was so perfect and so wonderful and yada 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 by his mother, by his grandfather, by everybody that now Joffrey's like I'm king Jamie and you're shit and just wants to remind Jamie of the score kind of I don't think he yep. really gives a shit when it comes down to it. I think he's more just messing with Jamie to mess with him. And he looks inside uh, the, the Book of Great Deeds by the Knights Guard and he flips to Jamie's page and he goes, Oh, uh, Jamie, uh, no, nope, there's n- not much in here about you and your uh,
1: Yeah, After touting everybody else's uh, accomplishments oh. and how many pages they get, he compares Jamie to, yeah, and you got nothing here. What's you're, you always going to say? Killed the last king?
0: Yeah, and that's part of all Killed
1: awesome the second to last king? <laughs> <Got> <laughs> to hand put hand his hand. bastard child in the, in the throne?
0: Got got hand chopped off and needs to learn to masturbate with the left? You know, <laughs> that's all it's going to say. And that's basically what he says to so him. You're 40, you have no hand, you have uh, no good deeds, and he's just being a dick for Dick's sake. And All the
1: same things Tyrion said, Tywin said to him, and Cersei said to him. Yep.
0: And he's like, you have one hand, how can you protect me? Uh, you're, uh, you're dead. And, uh, and you got to figure that Jamie, again, I know he knows, Jamie is one disappointed daddy. It's one disappointed daddy. So let's get to the useless out of the way. We get some useless scene with Dario and Danny, where Danny's looking for Dario, can't find Dario. Where is he? He's off with little worm gambling. So I'm thinking it's going to be some cool gambling match where they're taking other people's money, and they go, and they're playing like a holding sword competition. And, and this guy, I'm sorry, this guy isn't Dario. He's he's not Dario. I maybe I gotta give him time. I'll give him time. But to me, he looks too much. As this gets said in a couple of articles I read, and it's true. I think he looks too much like too many other characters on the show to to make him stand out to be someone special. And I think the the other guy just played the smugness really well. And and either they decide not to do Dario like he is in the book. I think in the book he doesn't have like a blue beard and all this sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, a little bit. He's a little. He he all of Westeros is very
0: Or Esoros or Esos or whatever. Easteros. Called.
1: yeah. Is very um gaudy. Yeah. Bright colors, loud dyes, flowy free clothes. It's not as uptight medieval as as uh Westeros is as Westeros is and they kind of they kind of just left that I mean you got all those pyramids and everything like it's it's a lot different of a place all the mm-hmm. cities are independent cities they all kind of have their own
0: Style and flair and flamboyance yeah. to them. They all have different ways they run the slave trade that Danny's been going around and breaking all this up. So again, we get some useless Danny and Dar- and uh, Dario scene to set up their non chemistry. And, uh, and it leads to them arriving on the path to, I might mispronouncing this, Marine? Mirene?
1: Marine, yeah. Mirene?
0: Uh, the, uh, the supposedly the last huge slave city, the, the biggest one and Danny's gonna be bringing this down and, and this this should go just as uh, just as easy as all the other ones did. And, uh, I don't see this going bad in any any sort of way. So they see the uh, they see the mile markers and they see a dead the mile spot. markers.
1: love it. the dead mile bones. number one mile number little one. girl.
0: And they said there's 163 of them, and uh, they're like, look away, Danny. She's like, no, I'm going to look in the face of each one of them. Danny's going to catch them all. Got to catch them all, Danny. No, yeah,
1: no, that was, I I really liked the way uh, that character played that scene. That scene went down exactly the way it went in the book, and it's it's another one of those great character moments for Danny's Targaryen. Yeah. That, along with the buying and, and freeing of the whole slave army right back on its captors. These were pivotal moments in my mind when I was reading the books that really galvanized me to her as a character.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to see where they go with her in this season and some of the places that they're going to going to head with it. So, so uh, ultimately, this is the end of uh, the Danny stuff for the episode. And we get got two more little sections here that happen. Um, First, we get Brienne and Jamie watching Sansa from the distance, talking about getting the Stark girls out of there and how Jamie's promise was to bring the Starks back to her, their family. And Jamie's like, listen, all, most of the Starks are dead. So this is the safest place. You want me to take her away from here? Where the hell do you want me to take her, Brienne or Tarth? Like, where am I going to take her? This is the safest place. But he still feels honor-bound to protect them. I think Jamie really believes that under his watchful eye, this is the safest place, safest place for Sansa. I, I really, and he thinks that Arya's dead. And he, that's what comes from this scene. Arya's dead. All the other kids are dead. It's complicated. She's married now to the nicest Lannister. I, I mean... To my, yeah, to my brother. Who's not an a complete asshole. Like, yeah,
1: she's not safe here, but she's safer here than anywhere, kind of, because no matter where she is, she, her life's in danger and in threat.
0: Especially in, the, especially in the world we live in right now. that's a very, uh, That's a very Lannister-heavy world when it comes down to it. So, so uh, they're watching her, and it's a great scene with uh, Jamie and Brienne. They they just have great chemistry on screen together, and you and their characters really match up. She is his conscience, and he says Joe said the line earlier, but he says a funny line that you're pissing me off. Are you related to me? Because everyone in my family is related to me. The blonde hair, yeah. I mean, are you sure you're not related to me? Which I think Joe hinted at this earlier. It's Jamie's way of saying that he's attracted to her. (laughs) Good.
1: there's been a lot of little moments between the two of them in their travel south and all that and their couple attempts at getting south that they share, but, you know, he's definitely, seems like he's, this is the first woman, aside from Cersei, he's had any kind of close relationship with. And it's it's messing with his head a little bit.
0: Yeah, he doesn't understand what it means exactly. It's foreign feelings to him, probably. So after this, we go to our... The uh, the frosting on top of the cake that was this episode. A lot of good lead up, a lot of catching us up where other characters were. We did not see any Stannis tonight. We did not see any Theon tonight, and we did not see any Bran tonight. But they weren't going to go without giving us Arya and the Hound. So, so we get that. We start right off with great back and forth. I mean, I'm going to try to recreate some of the stuff they say. Watch the episode. It's hilarious. They had oh, to-
1: they're brilliant together. They are so good. George wrote this well in the book. These, this whole scene with them two together, he wrote it all great in the book, their whole travel together, and it's translating brilliantly to screen with these two actors. I love
0: Basically, it. basically <laughs> she said to him something along the line, didn't you steal money from Joffrey when you left? You're not too smart, are you? And she, he's like, oh, I'm not a thief. And she's like, Go oh, to- you
1: got to live by a code got to live by a code oh. got to have a code
0: oh your code is kill little boys but you won't steal money from an asshole <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. and then she spot- and there's a lot more other shit that's like hilarious where where he's just calling uh, uh where she she spots she spots uh this guy i have his name written down so- Oliver Oliver and she's like, "That's the guy that killed my friend back at King's Landing and stole my sword." And then she goes, "Oh my God, he has my sword! Oh my God, that's Needle." And the Count goes, "You named your sword?" And Arya goes, "Yeah, lots of people named their swords." He goes, "Yeah, lots yeah, of cunts." He said He goes, "Lots of cunts name their swords." He loves.
1: He loves the word "cunt." He Uses the word "cunt" very frequently.
0: Very, very religious use of the word "cunt" tonight in Game of Thrones from the Hound, and they're all hilarious one-liners. So, so Ari's like, we got to go in there and get my sword. we got to go pay this motherfucker back. And the hound's like, no, I don't want to do that. And he, he's like, no, we're still going. And, and basically we've got this other thing where she goes, how come I can't get a horse? I'm not going to leave you. you we find out the hound's going to bring her back, bring her to the Erie to uh, her crazy pants aunt, and and uh, the, and try to sell him to her after the stuff on, uh, because Ari's like, my whole family's dead. And he's like, no, your whole family's dead. you got an aunt. I'm going to sell yeah, you to you your aunt. Crazy Aunt Lisa, John Aaron's. Yeah, John Aaron's widow. She's she's up there in the airy with a little finger. That everything should be fine up there. I'm gonna bring you up there and sell you to uh sell you to them. And uh and she's like, oh, oh wow. And she, I think she's she doesn't think the how's a good person, but she's starting to realize she is best off with him. And I think she means it when she's like, I'm not gonna run off. Are you stupid? And he's like, I am not gonna waste time finding you a horse. Fuck that. That's stupid. You're useless to me. And right. uh and so so uh Arya's like, I want to go after my sword. I want to go into this uh, into this uh, it looks like a, just it's, like more a...
1: Than, it's more than just going after her sword. It's she's got that list that every night and they kind of graze over this in one of the seasons, they show her going to bed and she's rattling off the list list of names Pulver, the tickler, uh, Cersei, Jamie, all the people wow. she wants dead, the hound, the hound. Uh, Joffrey, Joffrey and Poliver is on that list. Yep, so she, she wants on that list. Him. He killed he killed the, the boy that she was traveling with.
0: Yep, the, the little boy that couldn't move his legs and all that sort of stuff uh, after he was injured. And, and she's psychotically... Yeah, we'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to this, we'll get to that. love it! love <laughs> it! <laughs> So the hound walks up to the door, and he's like, I'm not going in. But then the door opens right as they're walking past, and the hound smells some food. And that's the one thing. you don't met, When the hound smells food, as we learned from the end of last season, too, he eats pig's feet. He's a, eat, the hound will eat anything. The hound's hungry. And that's what we learned, too, from the lead-up to the scene, that they're hungry. Well,
1: that. No, but he, he also knows if he turns around and walks away, that guy's going back in and saying, some, some dude and a little girl just just right. we're about to walk in and let's go rob them on the street now they just left
0: right so he so, walked you know
1: either way this is happening now
0: so he walks in and they sit down for some food and they notice that there's a few men or that this guy uh, Holliver and the rest of his guys are kind of fucking with the ownership, uh, taking the guy who owns the uh, cat the uh, tavern and uh, having sex with his waitress or his wife or something. Going oh, daughter maybe daughter she's gonna have a good time. Huh? We'll pay you or whatever and basically doing what the Lannisters are doing now that they own that they won the war. Essentially. They're, they're, looting.
1: they're getting the spoils.
0: Yeah, they're dethracking the the uh the countryside. They're going around and raping and pillaging uh everyone. Yep. And and uh, the hound's sitting there and basically just waiting to be served a drink, and he's sitting there with Arya watching what's going on. And and one of the guys, Tolliver, goes, Hey, I recognize you, and Arya gets scared for a second because she thinks it's her that he recognizes, but it's no, it's the hound. And he walks over to the hound and and he's like, oh oh, 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 how you doing? You're the hound. Oh, can I buy you a drink? And he brings over a drink for him, and takes, and he has his own drink, and he, they start taking, sit, drinking drinks. And he's like, you're the hound. You're great. I heard wonderful things. But we work for your brother, the mountain. Oh, what an asshole that guy is. And the hound's like, yep, he's an asshole. And he's kind of the hound's being somewhat respectful in this whole moment, like talking to these guys. And uh, and then this guy is basically like. Uh, he goes. He goes. Uh, oh, you fuck! You know everyone's taking spoils right now, and you, see, you got one right here. And the hound goes, says a funny line. Yeah, I've had her. I've had better. <laughs> and Arya looks offended by this. She's like, "What?" And, uh, and you no, know, she's smiling this whole time because she knows what's about to come. She's loving being on the hound's side right now. And then this guy's like, "Why don't you?" uh why don't you come with me? Come with us back to King's Landing. We can split everything. We can stop. Come come, come with us. And the hound's like, I'm not going to King's Landing. He's like, oh, what do you mean? And the hound just goes, fuck the king. It, 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 like, with The guy's like, what about the king? And he's like, fuck the king and fuck you. You're a cunt. Give me a drink. Buy me a chicken. And give me a chicken too. And he's like, what do you mean give me a chicken? And he's like, "He's like, no, no, now? Now you know what? He's like, Debo fucking with a sandwich. are like, give me that sandwich. And he's like, no, give me two chickens. Give me two bloody chickens. And then this guy's like, no, 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 no. How about I trade the chickens for your little girl? My guys would like to have a go on that. <laughs> and
1: uh, well, he also, he also finds out at this moment, too. He says, you know, oh, what? You don't want to come with us? You don't want to partake? You know, I heard that the, the hound ran from King's Landing. But I guess it wasn't just false. I guess you are a big fucking coward, you pansy. And that's when the hound knows for sure, absolutely, that he's not getting out of this tavern without a fight. He never will
0: without killing all these guys. And so then the hound turns his whole philosophy and starts shit-talking these guys. He goes he goes, You know what? Listening to talkers makes me thirsty. And he drinks his whole drink and then he grabs the other guy's drink and drinks that that. and he goes, Give me two chickens. And the guy goes, What? And he goes Uh, He goes, I understand if any words come out of your cunt mouth, I will have every chicken in this entire place, and you're going to die. Are you going to die for some chickens? And and the Hound just, and Arya is just laughing her ass off right now. She's just smiling because she knows that the Hound's going to kill all these people. And then the Hound gets up and starts beating the shit out of all these guys and has like a huge fight and takes that, like an amazing fight scene and takes down most of the guys or at least injures most of the guys. And then Arya notices that most, that uh, she, she he's injure, in, injured Holover to the point where like fucked up his legs and Holliver's on the ground and Arya goes into the room, kills like two or three guys ki- like to get to him, gets to Holliver, pulls her sword needle out of the sheath, and then Joe
1: No, well she 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 uh she his legs weren't messed up. He was he was you know dazed or whatever and he gets up off the floor and she cuts the back of his yeah, leg. Of his she, she fucking Achilles him. She fucking goes right at him with some serial Pharrell kind of ninja-style swordplay. She just slices the back, drops him. She drops him on the floor, and that's when she starts with the, oh, what's the matter, boy? Your leg hurt? Am I going to have to carry you? And starts, she starts going over the same exact shit that Oliver said to her, to her friend right before he drove needle up in her... Like the little boy's chin, just like, like she does to him.
0: Word for word, and then and then does her move, which is the slow stab and slabs. Yeah, that, That's so what slow. that's what he did to the kid. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's what I mean. Did did the same move he did and stabs slowly. And she killed like th- she killed counting him three people in that scene. Like no problem. No problem.
1: Yep. Did him. you see the smirk on her face?
0: Yep. And then the hound gets her a pony. And they, a
1: white pony too, a nice white.
0: Yep, and that's the end of our episode, leading off into next week. Wow, what an episode, Joe. Loved
1: it. Loved the opener. It was brilliant.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to see where they go this season and uh, next next week. And we'll be back next week, uh, uh, Sunday night probably. Be back next week because I assume you don't have to you don't have to work next Sunday, right? This coming Sunday. Okay, so we'll be back Sunday night after the episode is over. Either I'll be watching it on HBO Go or or find some way to watch it. This weekend was HBO free preview, so I actually got to watch it on HBO. It was, it was weird. Nice. So, uh, everybody, thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We will be back next week with more... Uh, Game of Thrones talk and uh, post-episode recaps. And if uh, you want to catch up on any of the post-episode recaps, please subscribe, join. You can uh, watch Walking Dead whenever you happen to watch it, then watch our recaps right afterwards. And there'll be plenty more episode recaps coming up. I'm going to be doing a little bit of 24 maybe coming up that's returning. Uh, but And some more shows coming up as well. So uh, Orange is in the New Black as well. Gotti oh, will be great show. the show to do uh, I work
1: with. I work with a guy... Whose brother is married to the best friend on that
0: show? Oh, the real best friend? Uh, The girl uh, that played uh, the main character, the one that wrote the story, she went to Swampscott High School and is a former member of the same cable club as I. When I did a podcast about it, uh, our teacher called in and uh, talked to some memories about her. Small world. Anyways, guys, be back next week. Talk to you next time. Follow me on Twitter. I got issues, man. Later. Music. Kick in, goddammit. Kick in!